This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Scotchy. Would you Scotchy like the drunk dragon. Yes, I am. You ready. are in my phone. You, you're in my phone as Scotchy the drunk dragon. You named that me was that many many years ago. Here it is. Quarrel over ceramic dildo workshop leaves New Zealand <laughs> potters spinning. <laughs> Good headline, and that's headline. bananas. Gentlemen, welcome to Bananas, the teeny tiniest little podcast about strange news there ever once was. That's um, right. I'm Kurt Brownler. I'm Scotty Landis, Banana Boy number two. Uh, thanks for joining us once again on Bananas. We are so excited about our guest today. Honestly pumped. Thrilled. Honestly pumped. Thrilled. She is uh, not only a friend, uh, not only an amazing performer, comedian, writer, Mm -hmm. creator, clown, Mm -hmm. actor. She also has an amazing special out that just came out on Netflix called Nate. Please welcome to the show, Natalie Palamides. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's it's an honor to be Gus Banana Boy today. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You're BB num three. Holla. (laughs) <laughs> um, how you feeling? Nate is incredible. It's, Thank uh, you. God, it's so well done. It's just, it's the best special I've ever seen on Netflix. It really no. is. I swear to God. Wow. That means I a lot. It. I love Thank it. you so much. That means a lot, especially coming from you, Scott. Thanks. And sorry to all my friends who also have Netflix specials, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I but like also- Nate more. Nate's more original. It's also, it's kind of crazy. Like, how does it feel? Like, you broke a bear, like a barrier yes. in Netflix. There has never been a fucking 
clown special on Netflix, and now there is one. I mean, like, do you call it a clown special, or do you not use the word um, clown when you refer to Nate? I mean, it's an honor that people refer to my work as clown work. I feel like that's something that's so hard to achieve, like, to do pure clown. I mm-hmm. definitely will say that it's, like, a hybrid, and, yeah, let's call it clown. Like, let's give clown... Yes. Let's give clown a win here. I, I'm happy to say that it is. Just right. to give future clown specials, just to pave the way for them. Yeah, I mean, like, really, it is. It's probably the most unique uh, special on television, I think, maybe ever. So congratulations. Yeah, it's been a while. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That's a huge dick suck, and it feels awesome. <laughs> yeah. Just well, get ready. That's all bananas is. It's just a ton of dick sucks. <laughs> yeah, we awesome. actually like our guests. We try to build people up in this world. A lot of people are super bummed these days. We're we're very much on team. Like you did good, and nothing cynical. I'm about into it. it. Like no, it. honestly, thank you guys. It's an honor to have your praises. So thank you so much. Well, do you want to hear B? about some uh, ceramic dicks? I sure do. Such a great segue. Really good work. Natalie, already nailing the podcast format with a great segue into our first story. Truly. Dick stuff is my jam. (laughs) (laughs) So Quarrel Over Ceramic Dildo Workshop Leaves New Zealand Potters Spinning. This okay. is from the Taipei Times. This Love is uh, was published Friday, December fourth, twenty twenty. The genteel it. world. There's so many amazing. Th- I'm going to read. It's just so much stuff is great. I, I just I can't believe how does this? This is in news, and you found it. Okay, yeah. I'm on board. Well, okay, this was sent in. Great question. How do we find it? This was sent in uh, to our Instagram page, the Bananas Podcast on Instagram. Guys, go. We're on there all the time, constantly, yep. constantly. Uh, talking yep. to you, uh, Bananimals. This was mm-hmm. sent in by Megan Prospit Wall. Uh, so here best. it is. God, I love her. Mm-hmm. The genteel world of New Zealand pottery has been rocked by a row over plans <laughs> for a ceramic dildo-making workshop sparking allegations of bullying and online abuse. Ceramicist Nicole Gaston said that she wanted the Wellington Potters Association to hold the event <laughs> with Isa Lozano, a visiting sure. Mexican artist who had conducted similar workshops in her homeland. Gaston yes. said that the pottery dildos are easily sterilized, can be warmed, uh, and unlike latex versions, do not pose the warmed? risk of leaching chemicals into the body. Warmed? Yeah. You don't okay. know about warming your dildos? That thing can easily get too hot. <laughs> yes. I yeah, agree. you're supposed to touch it with your hand to make it sure. Oh, it's sure. Not too hot. Sure. Then you're gonna be burning your hand. Better than burning <laughs> the puss, I guess. Bad well, afternoon. I don't think people are. I don't think people are kind of like hot dogging it, like sticking a dick, uh, like a stick in the back and holding it over a fire. You know. They're you never putting... know, Kurt. I truly wouldn't be surprised. People yeah. like to camp. And woodsy people like ceramics. <laughs> that right. is very true. That does remind me of a story. I don't know if oh, I should. Oh, jump in. Jump in. So, go, go, go. One of my biggest comedy regrets is um, putting a popsicle in my vagina for a gross-out okay. show. Okay. Ooh. And it gave me, like, freezer burn on my oh. vagina. So a little bit opposite of maybe heating up a dildo too hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, what's it called when your feet, like, turn black, when you have them in the... the frostbite. Gangrene? Yeah. Oh, frostbite. I got, like, some frostbite <laughs> on my puss. Oh, no. And, I mean, I it felt like I did. But so I was, oh, like... Yeah. 
I was doing Where this was gross this? out show at UCB. I was, yeah, mm-hmm. at UCB Franklin. Mm-hmm. It was when uh, they were doing the uh, celebrity barf machine shows. I was playing <laughs> Donald Trump's ex-wife. <laughs> and uh, the premise was that she was still having to ice her pussy 30 years later because Donald Trump's dick is so big and he fucked her so hard that her oh. pus- pussy still sore. Well, so, sure. um, and how many years ago is this? This is probably, I want to say 2016. Okay. This was okay. in 2016 spring. Mm. Oh wait. Oh no. It would have been. Yes, 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 yes. When did he get elected? 16. So it was fresh. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Were, were pop it was fresh. fresh. I was on, I was on it. Yeah. Very, um, uh, pop, popular uh content uh relevant Mm -hmm. relevant to the times and Mm -hmm. um so where i went wrong was so i had expected the popsicle to be really difficult to get in because i was like oh it's gonna be really cold my pussy's not gonna want to take it yeah of course not but so the sketch before me was out there and so i was like okay i better try (laughs) to start getting it in now because it's gonna take a sec nope it slid Whoa. right in <laughs> like ice like ice it melted immediately because oh. as you may be aware yeah. the vagina is 98.6 on a healthy yes. human being and what's and, 32 probably right <laughs> or less well, temperature of freezing temperature mm-hmm. of freezing or below has to be ice temperature whatever that is and uh yeah it melted immediately and my vagina was just Oh my God, I've never felt oh. this sort of pain, just like oh, freezing numbness pain. Like it was numb but painful. Uh huh. No, I, I know exactly. I had like to put a headache between your legs. I get it. An ice cream headache between, yeah, uh, a brain freeze. But then wait, a so you did this freeze, between yeah. the thighs. Stage. Did you then na- then have to go out and do it on stage? <laughs> yes. So it melted immediately, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't want to do that again." But I was like, "I have to." I got yep. called out on stage, and I was like, "This is for this is for comedy. This is for That's comedy." Right. And um, one of the one of the worst decisions I've ever made. I never had a yeast infection before that. I didn't even know what it was. Oh, that's you know? a guarantee, right? It's like yeah. a bread thing, I think. Yeah, I was so just aloof to the, the yeast infections. I had ignorant to it. My friend was asking me what my bit was, and I was like, "I'm going to put a popsicle in my vagina." <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> "He was like, that's a yeast infection waiting to happen." And I was like, "What's a yeast infection?" <laughs> I, I was like way too old also to not know what a yeast infection was. Like 26 totally years old, like it's embarrassing. I should have freaking known. Anyway. It's okay. You know what I do? I, 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 it's, no, it's nowhere near, I think, the pain that you experienced. But I uh, very often, after I would go surfing, I would have water stuck in my ear. And, and when I lived in New York, I, there was always at our like little surf bungalow in Rockaway, there was always a bottle of rum there for for some reason gosling's black rum and so mm-hmm. sometimes when i would have water stuck in my ear i would t- pour rum in it and sure. that would like what yeah because it would yeah. like just break Vodka the water works tension too. enough yeah and like the water would come out that's the ticket huh that, so i've definitely heard from doctors you're not supposed to do this but it worked for me many for many many years wow and then i was surfing 
in Ventura and I had vodka and I was like, vodka's like should be cleaner than rum. Rum seems had had a lot of sugar. You would think closer to like rubbing alcohol. But yeah. I didn't think about the fact that it had been in the it's fro- it was in the freezer. It had been in the freezer. Oh, so I didn't even oh, think no. about it. And I popped Kurt. it open and I poured it in my ear. And then like like it's below freezing, you know, it's like liquid that's colder than ice. Holy yeah. And it went in and shit. I lost hearing in that ear for like uh, three days. It hurt oh, wow. so but it was like that feeling of like the brain numbness freeze, huh? but burning at the same exact time and then I couldn't hear out of that ear for three full days and then it finally came back. But, <laughs> so I've also put freezing things inside my body. I get it. I get it. Dude, that is scary losing your hearing. Oh yeah, it was I was like, oh no. I just kept oh. snapping in front of my ear for a long time. <laughs> oh my all right, gosh. Let me, all right, let me tell you the rest of this story. Okay, Wrap it oh, up tight, so. baby. Wow, there's more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the 41-year-old public servant. First off, she's also a public servant, the one who wants to have the ceramic dildo making uh, Very wow. public thing. Uh, said the backlash against the proposal was so extreme that she quit her voluntarily role as the president of the Wellington Potters Association. Uh, she could, quote, some committee members said it was needlessly provocative. Someone else said it was inappropriate. No. This was... This was, uh, there was this very reactionary no. pearl clutching. Exactly. Response, like, we can't talk about sex. We should be ashamed. Oh, of it's 2017. Yeah. People got to get over this crap. baby. Gaston <laughs> uh, yeah, said many men seem to find the idea of women making dildos emasculating, and she resigned. No. The opposition began to include personal attacks. This woman is just a potter who wants to make some clay dicks, and people fucking lost their mind. Uh, what's wrong with a custom dildo like that seems the ideal thing where somebody goes i'm gonna make one the exact size and shape that i like and then i'm gonna enjoy it i'm not just gonna go to that weird like ranch sized house on the outskirts of town that's called like like uh night stories or something and there's one there's always two cars there's always an old rusted truck and then there's like a (laughs) shitty old like uh dodge eagle and then Mm You, everybody thinks that they're interesting in there. They're not. It's really boring. But those are the dildo stores mm-hmm. in most towns in America. And this lady's like, hey, you know what? Have you been unsatisfied your whole life? Come. Learn an art. I she's think, elevating. Yeah, she's elevating dildos. I know. Yes. There, there's there's actually a, quite a few businesses um, that elevate dildos. And I, mm-hmm. I discovered this. This is another uh, detour to the story. Hope yeah, you don't mind. That's what we're uh, so... In, I guess this was also 2016, possibly 2017, a cartoon I was on was nominated for the Emmys. So I got Mm -hmm. to go to this Emmys gifting suite. Which one? Which one? I have no freaking clue. Oh, I mean like which show? Oh, Powerpuff Girls. Oh, nice. I thought you were asking which gifting suite. I'm like, I don't know. I just rock up and get the free shit. (laughs) So there was actually two companies that stick out in my head. One was like, it was called like, clone a dick and they also make clone a pussy too or maybe it was called uh-huh. clone a cock and they gave you these mold kits so that you could mold your own dick or mold your own pussy okay and, and make like a dildo or a flashlight for your lover mm-hmm. to enjoy when you're or <laughs> or just a, a gift for uh, i don't know who you want to give that gift to or maybe i don't know anyways or a weird gift yeah. for a coworker. Sure, yeah. sure. You get or, or a boss. <laughs> Something good to have on hand for a yeah. white elephant, maybe just a, a mock up of your cock. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then there was also um, these dildos made out of gemstones, like amethyst. And, oh, uh, was that an Emmy gifting eye. suite? Yes, and I got one of each. And um, it's the golden era yeah. TV, Kurt. <laughs> For the Powerpuff Girls, <laughs> I know. My my uh. uh Castmate was there, and she was like 12 years old at the time. I was like, keep walking. I'll bet I'm going to yeah. stop. <laughs> That's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, though. But people should not come down so hard on this poor woman who's just no. elevating the, this craft. The yeah. internet is just, you can Google anything, image search, and sex is going to come up. Like, get over it. Everybody just, let's just uh, accept it. This people- is real. People are making dildo from stone since the dawn of time. I mean, yeah, there you, is evidence of that. rock dildos that cavemen made. I think. Yes, thank you. They, they made one in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Made Truly, out of ivory. Yeah, I'm. I'm almost positive oh. the oldest paint uh, cave wall painting they ever found was of a vagina. I'm oh, almost like. I'm like 99% sure. Like there was one <laughs> of like horses and then there's one in like a cave in France or something that is just, it looks like uh, what a coffee bean looks like if you held it up. And they were like that some dude just was sitting, some Neanderthal was back there, you know, 40,000 years ago and was like, somebody needs to write this down. <laughs> just, I, I'm almost positive. I'm going to get, I love it. Look it up. We'll find out. I believe it. Give us another one. We'll switch gears a little bit. Here we go. This is from David Brennan, uh, a great writer at Newsweek. One of the one of the greatest Newsweek online journalists, David <laughs> Brennan, wrote this. Uh, and it was sent in by Kate X. Delaney. Uh, thank you, Kate, on Instagram. Plane forced to turn around after mother realizes she left her baby at the airport. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What? Oh, boy. So what? a passenger jet was forced to return to the airport soon after takeoff this weekend. This is about three weeks ago. When a passenger realized she had left her baby in the terminal. The Saudi plane had <gasps> been due to fly to, um, to Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, but had to return to King Abdul Aziz International Airport when the forgetful mother demanded she be reunited with her child. Of course. Video footage. I know. Yeah, no shit. Uh, video footage. I, mean, I hope it was at like the food court. She I hope should she not have a baby. She should yes. not have a baby. <laughs> she was probably on her phone. No judgment. Uh, video captures baffled air controller operators speaking on the radio to pilots who were doing their best to explain the bizarre situation. Uh, as they did so, the airport staff was trying to establish the protocol for such scenario. Uh, Golf News reported. May God be with us. Can we come back or what? That's the funniest. The pilot said that to the air traffic controllers. Can we come back or what? <laughs> we got the mom. Uh, after noting the flight number, the operator asked colleagues what protocol they should follow or if one exists. The flight was requesting to come back. A passenger forgot her baby in the waiting area. The poor thing, the pilot continued. Air traffic staff then pressed the pilot to confirm the story, to which he replied, We told you. <laughs> Wait, A passenger. I'm sorry. That's exactly what it says. Air traffic staff pressed the pilot to confirm the story. The pilot says, We told you. A passenger left her baby in the terminal and refuses to continue with the flight. So the operator then gave the all clear to return. Okay, head back to the gate. All very casual. This is very in Saudi Arabia. So it's very the plane casual. is the plane is in the air already. Like yes. so, she was sitting on the plane, buckling yes. up, waiting for takeoff. Like that. That that's 
That's a good amount yes. of time that passes. It's a That's good, a amount, good right? amount of time. I'm trying to imagine what. Because you can, you can be so sleep deprived in those beginning months that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know if you can be that sleep deprived where it's like walk in, sit down, rest of the people sit down, buckle in, wait to leave, doors close, right. taxi, yeah. take off, <laughs> then realize also, my baby's not here. Yeah. I might have how- had like four other kids with her, which is a possibility. Mm. True, but how no, far into the flight? Home alone. <laughs> it's a baby home alone in an airport, and wow, then he defends the... it from everybody who else is trying to fly because he doesn't <laughs> understand because he's a baby. The and he prequel gets, he kills a bunch of people. That's a great movie. Wow, mm-hmm. you should um, write that. But also, yeah, you should write that. Also, at some point when they're when you're on the plane, they say put oxygen on your child first before yourself <laughs> too. So there's like. Plenty of social reminders. What they're to encouraging do. it. Yeah. Um, so well, but they they're go back encouraging to the you to just think of yourself first before the kids. So I don't know. Maybe know. if you're Who's in that the... kind of mindset. <laughs> yeah. Who's the victim here, really? Um, so they went back. Baby's fine. They reunited with the mother. But other incidents have happened like this before. In 2018, a German couple left their five-year-old daughter at an airport in Stuttgart. Five. Uh, Jesus. A now, five-year-old <laughs> walking, talking, wearing jackets. Yeah. Ties have and you've, shoes. You've, you've had it around for five years. You can't forget you got that. Yeah. And. They tried to get away with it. There is an explanation for this one. So police found the five-year-old German girl wandering around the airport, and it wasn't clear how long she'd be left alone. Her mother called the police to see if her daughter had been found. They said she was. And then the here's their explanation. And at first I go, oh. And then, again, you're on the plane. You should be buckling your kid in. I don't know, giving it some goldfish crackers, whatever kids like these days. Uh, the mother said... Uh, she and her husband drove different cars uh, from the airport uh, or to the airport, and each parent thought the child was with the other one. So, huh. but then, ha- but someone drove it to the airport, drove the child to the airport. One of them Guess did, so. and it's that yes. parent who is in needs to get dunked on. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> you should remember if you handed off your kid or not. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, but I mean, people get distracted. Kurt, you have, Kurt, you have the story about the gas pump driving away from the gas oh, pump. Yeah, it made yeah, me yeah. think of that almost instantly. Oh yeah, I drove. I <laughs> I drove my car away with the gas pump still in the car. Oh like, damn! Like a year and a half ago, <laughs> I did not. But I didn't notice. Was it still pumping? Notice. No, it had finished pumping, but I didn't notice. So <laughs> I hopped in the car. Blast in this American life. A hundred percent. Nice. Just Rocking took off. Up. And it just yanked the pump out behind me. And I, st- I did not know. And I, the first thing I did was I immediately pulled an illegal like four-lane U-turn across Ventura <laughs> Boulevard. Holy shit. Yeah. And all this oncoming traffic starts like honking at me. And I was just so angry. I was just like, <laughs> oh, it's a U-turn. Yeah, and so I relax. gave him all the middle finger. <laughs> Meanwhile, spewing gasoline across the street. Holy and shit. Then imme- and then immediately got on Wait, the so 101. It, it like ripped out the... So they are designed. It's a real... It's, it's, this is a secret. It's a it's a magnet. If you ever yeah. look at a gas pump, there's okay. a section that's like two metal chunks, and <gasps> that's a so you super, super it strong out. powered magnet. And so if oh, someone yeah. drives away with it, it just detaches and for safety. For safety, and it's not a big deal. I encourage you to do it for this. I kind of want to try. 
Oh yeah, it was, and then I immediately got Holy on the highway. Shit. So I got on the 101, and I started going really fast. Meanwhile, Still behind me, this tail, I got a tail, just like like sending sparks. So up and they're stuff. honking at you to try to let you know. Yes, and yes. you're like, everyone is, just and I'm just giving people assholes. the finger. <laughs> And then this pickup truck pulls up oh next to me. Oh my god! And he starts honking at me, and he's Kurt. a white pickup truck, and he's dressed like a cowboy. And in my oh. head, I immediately like wrote a whole story for him. Like he just moved to L.A. from like from North Dakota to be an actor, but he's like, well, my thing is going to be like I'm going to be an uh, actor, but I'm also going to be a cowboy. And then oh I was like, my fuck god. this guy. He's honking at me. And then he like gets me to roll my window down. Then he's like, "You drove away with the pump <laughs> in yeah. your car. You're and a maniac." Like, what? <laughs> what? And then I like look in my rear view mirror. I can clearly see it. Oh shit! So and embarrassed. You're just eating all those middle fingers you just gave everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so then here's the craziest part: is I pull. I don't know what to do. I'm on the fucking highway at this point. So I pull over to the side of the road. Then that guy pulls over too. And then I get out of my car, and he gets out of his car, and I'm embarrassed at this point. Sure. Oh, of I'm course so you are. Of course so it's you are, you like, moron. It's essentially like I shit my pants, and then he like <laughs> followed me into the bathroom like, hey, man, did you shit your yeah. pants? It is well, weird that he would pull over. That is so I weird. Mean, I know he's a cowboy. I know he's a cowboy. Yeah. And, then, and he's I like, and I was like, I was like, what do you want? And he's like, do you need help? And I was like, no. I just like yelled at him. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> and so then he drove away. And then I went and I took it out of my car. And I realized like the way that the thing works is like both both ends. As soon as you yank it out of the <laughs> pump, both ends seal. So like a lot of get ga- not a ton of gasoline can spill out. Oh, that's but, good. But that means smart. That now got this like eight feet of tube <laughs> filled with gasoline and I can't put it in my car because we're going to pick up my daughter and it will be filled with fumes and so I was like oh what would be really useful right now would be a pickup truck but I just told that guy to go fuck himself <laughs> <laughs> so I had to literally walk with it in my leave my car on the side of the highway and walk what? along the highway then back down Amazing. the exit ramp and then Amazing. back to, to this the gas, gas station, station where they wow. were like, waiting for me both of the managers Oh they my gosh! You're a good Samaritan. Too. Well, yeah, that, I was like, I was like, what do we do? I like laid it at their feet like a dead snake, you know. And they're like, what do we? Yes. What do I do now? They're like, we don't know. Nobody's ever <laughs> done this before. There's no form to fill out for this. You fucking weirdo. And like, they just took my information. And like two wow. weeks later, the owner called me, and it was only honestly, it was only three hundred and fifty dollars, which is okay. surprisingly pretty good. Not surprisingly cheap. Surprisingly cheap. I, th- yeah. I expected way more. I yeah, bet you're the like only person that's ever done that. And the guy who invented the mechanism yes. that allows you to pull it off was like so stoked to hear about it. He's like, yes. I see. I told I you told we needed you. that. I, yeah. bet you, I bet you we will hear from a lot of bananas who did that. You want to hear another story, guys? Yeah. Yes. What's up, big boy? Oh, I'll tease you one and then let's take a break. Sounds um, good to me. This, there, there's no good tease for this one. It's just called okay. The Eruption of Mount Edgecombe. Um, the Eruption of Mount Of Mount Edgecombe. Edgecombe. Be right back. Being informed is something that you choose. Gather all the tears of
to bananas with the wonderful Natalie Palomitas. And listen, just everybody out there, if you're listening, uh, yes. do us a favor. One. Do us a solid. Tell somebody about this podcast. Tell them if you like it. All right? That Absolutely. Would, and then go and re- rate and review us on the iTunes. It's called Bananas. You're listening to it right now. It's really it's, easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Two, everybody, turn on your Netflix immediately after finishing this and yes. scroll till you see Nate. N-A-T-E. It's it is going to be the, the, the best experience you've had in if your entire you, life. That's a guarantee. Good. If you laugh, even better. The That's fact that, like, about. I think the challenge with shooting a special like that, and I don't want to give anything away, but no it is, it involves the audience intensely. Yes. And shooting that type of thing poses, like, a logistical problem um, for shooting, like, a comedy special. Because usually you have all the mm-hmm. cameras in the audience and they shoot the performer. But now all of a sudden you've got a situation where you need to kind of ha- you need to cover 360 degrees. Yes. Did you guys I mean like what was the conversation uh, like that when it was like, kind of like how do we do this? Yeah, well we wanted to bring the feel the the uh, like uh rambunctiousness of the show yes. to the screen. So immediately we thought of having the cameras on stage with me and cameras that could follow me up into the audience and stuff and make them really mobile in that way. And I think using those guys, like a lot of shots of, of me from behind showing the crowd successfully captures the, the energy um, of the audience and and the inclusivity of the audience. And was it ever, did the producers ever kind of say to you like, look, like like you're going to see these cameramen if they're going to be behind you. And were you like, just like, I'm cool with that. Yeah, they, they did bring that up and they were like, should we try to edit them out? And I was like, dude, it's a part of it. Like, yeah, this is like a messy show. Like, let's just like roll with that. You know, it's like anything goes kind of in my so shows cool. and I get shit all over the floor. And mm-hmm. if a cameraman gets into a, a shot that just, um, and you directly interact with, with the, the vibe too, which is kind of great Smart. because you're extending yeah. the idea of the show of interacting with the audience with actually like the at home audience through the person of the cameraman, which is cool. Yeah, and well, also like part of clown, they teach you in clown that you're always in the environment. You should always acknowledge the environment that you're in. Oh, cool. So um, even if you do create like a different environment or s- scenery, you should acknowledge that you're still in a theater. So it's like you're playing at the idea of being at a beach, but you're still in a theater. Um, so I kind of brought that philosophy into using the cameraman and just like acknowledge that they're there. They're there. Yes. We're not going to pretend they're not. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it's being shot, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, it so, worked. It thanks, was great. guys. Uh, Kurt, before you dive in, I just want to give quick shout outs because people have been blowing up. Uh, Natalie, we have what's called the Bananas phone. Mint Mobile gave us a free phone for a year, and I leave it on all the time, and I just answer whoever calls it. I just talk to people all day. And some last night, somebody called at 1230 because I forgot to turn it off. Um, oh, George, who called me from Lancaster, England. Thank you for calling, George. I had a nice chat. Uh, Whoa. Bell, uh, I know. Uh, Beck and Will. So a couple episodes ago, I said I liked Raising Cane's, the chicken finger place. And Becca actually cracked the Raising Cane's dipping sauce recipe, and he gave it to me and uh, gave me all the secret ingredients. And Kirk, guess what? Paprika's in there. Who knew? I didn't know paprika was in there. I believe and it. Then, 
finally, I'll, and also I'll give the number again for Bananas Phone in just a moment. David called from Indianapolis. He's a UPS driver. I've had like four or five UPS drivers call. I just want to give a shout out. Maybe we dedicate this episode to all the Let's delivery people. Hell yeah. FedEx, oh, especially this digital. time of year. Oh my gosh. The During the Great Quar, the amount of shit these people have had to deal with while all of us are just ordering Amazon and everything. Yeah. UPS and, and, drivers. And UPS, now the holidays. FedEx, Instacart. Even if you just like deliver for Whole Foods or at any of the supermarket Absolutely. delivery people, they're, they're just their guns must over. be out of this world. Yeah, they yeah, must got crazy. biceps for days, dude. So, carrying all those packages. Uh, yeah, they're, they're got, they got all the muscles in all the right places. So, David in Indianapolis, thanks for calling me. Uh, feel better. And to all the UPS men, women, all the delivery drivers out there, thank you. This very silly episode is dedicated to you. Banana of the Week. Thank you. Aww. Sorry about that. And if Back anybody in. is, and if anybody is a UPS driver, is it true that UPS drivers are only allowed to make left-hand turns? I heard that that was a thing they changed, and it like cons- like saved the company like eight billion dollars in gas. What? Yeah, they make the routes so that they that they is never it right have turns. To, no, they they never have to make a left turn. Yeah, so it's right. Turns. Oh, right-hand so they don't wait at lights. So that's smart. To, yeah. mm-hmm. So it's only right-hand turns. Never make a left-hand turn. I don't know if that's true. Would love to know. Okay, let us know, Kurt. There before you, you get into next story, I yeah. don't know if I should bring up that I was actually left behind at a gas station you when were? I was a kid. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of sat on that. I'm sorry. I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> this is a combination of two but, stories. Yes. Well, so I. Um, we are on a road trip to Cape May, New Jersey. I would go every year with my aunt and uncle and my cousins. Mm-hmm. And um, we had stopped at the gas station. And um, my cousin Molly and I would sit in the captain seats. And my brother and my other cousins would sit in the back row. And I was always very nice. And I would get out to let them back into the car so they didn't have to climb over me. My cousin Molly, she always just sat there. And she was like, I'm not getting up for them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that bit me in the ass being nice because so I'm getting out to let them in. Everybody's in the car except for me. And the door is still open on the vehicle and it starts driving away. (laughs) And I start chasing after the car. I'm like, wait, wait. And my uncle slams on the brakes. I run into the door face first, smack into it. He whips back from the driver's seat and says, what the fuck are you doing? Get in the fucking car, you fucking idiot. Holy fuck! And I'm like, I was waiting for these two no nuts to get in the car. I was like, you gotta wait for another second for me to get in. And my aunt's like, don't yell at Natalie, Tom. And it was just, um, you know, he was just reacting out of pure yeah. fear, like that he had killed me. Anyway, yeah, exactly. but um, wait, what, yeah, what part I love of that country guy. did you grow up in? Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, I love, love it. Pittsburgh. Yes. Good. So, factory. I always bring it up. It's my favorite. Oh, place. you know it. Oh yeah, I spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh. Oh, have oh, for touring and stuff. I had a girlfriend of thirteen years who was from Pittsburgh. So for many many years we would go back. To is she long. now your is is your girlfriend of thirteen years now your wife? Oh no, no. <gasps> great question. Yeah, Whoa! No, we dated Holy from eighteen shit. to thirty-one. And then you found somebody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. now we've That's been a... together. Lauren and I, who are married to, 
been together for well, 10 years maybe now. Wow, damn, yeah. that's an that's a beast of a long-term relationship. Good on you, mm-hmm. Kurt. Thanks. Not a commitment phobe at all. That's awesome. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> all right, you want to uh, hear about Mount Edgecombe? Oh, 100%. sure. Let's, let's just do a dirty app. This is just going to be a fun, dirty app. I got some other ones, too. Oh, this isn't dirty. This isn't dirty. It's a oh. dirt. Oh, it's a dirty sounding. It, it is sounds dirty. Sounding. The dirty. eruption of Mount Edgecombe. Oh, yeah. I thought I you were going that direction. That. No, no, I'm, not at all. Yeah. I thought this it was about is, edging. Um, so the, the <laughs> residents of Sitka, Alaska, this is about a famous prank, an April Fool's Day prank from 1974. Yes! This yes. is, I can't remember who sent this in. But this is from the Museum of Hoaxes uh, website. Yes. This is from their April Fool archive. It does not have an author. Huh. Um, so, residents of Sitka, Alaska woke on the mo- morning of Monday, April 1st, 1974, to a bright, clear day. They could okay. see right across Sitka Sound to Krutsoff Island, where the familiar site of Mount Edgecombe, a volcano dormant for 400 years, loomed. But today, something was different from the view. Mm-hmm. A menacing plume of black smoke was rising from the crater, oh, yes. and it looked like the volcano was preparing to blow. <gasps> yes. So, this is, of course, National Guard is called in. Coast Guard is called in. Like, this could, you know. <laughs> it's it's going to yeah. blow. The volcano's been edging for 400 years. <laughs> Any, anybody would blow big time after that. <laughs> and it's about to blow. And so the Coast Guard, they call in the Coast Guard. A helicopter flies over. To be like, what is going on with this dormant volcano? And he looked more closely and then laughed. Stacked in the cone of the volcano, burning with a greasy flame, was a huge pile of old tires. And spray-painted in the snow besides the tires in 50-foot-high black letters were the words, April Fool. Oh. This humans. The fake eruption of Mount Edgecombe was the work of a local prankster, 50-year-old Oliver Porky Bicker. Porky. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Old Porky. Old um, Porky. The idea to ignite the volcano occurred to him in 1971. As soon as he okay. thought of the idea, he knew he had to do it. So he yes. collected 70 old tires that he kept in an airplane hangar. But he had Genius. to wait three years until April Fool's Day 1974 until the visibility conditions were just right for the prank. When he woke that morning on April 1, he looked out his he window and could see right across the sound. So he looked at his wife, Patty, and said, I have to go do it today. She replied, oh, just yes. don't make an ass out of yourself. Poor uh, Although Porky had prepared the tires, he had not arranged for a chopper pilot to fly the tires out to the crater. And this detail almost foiled his plan. But the first two pilots he contacted refused to do it. And then he phoned Earl Walker in Petersburg, who agreed to come over as soon as the morning fog in his area had cleared. Yes. Uh, it got a bunch of friends. Uh, <laughs> they were part of a group calling itself the Dirty Dozen that used to meet every week for coffee and conversation at Rivard's restaurant. That's cute. Um, it's cute. They, as, the, as the pranksters waited for the chopper, they piled the tires into two large canvas slings. I mean, it's so fucking crazy. It's so good. But it uh, worked. What? Yeah, apparently people loved it. The reaction of the people in Sitka, once they realized the volcano wasn't really erupting, was almost uniformly positive. Even the Coast Guard wasn't too mad about the stuff. What? They weren't yes. mad? Isn't that crazy? The fact that, like, just the amount of, like, fuel to, like, get a Coast Guard chopper launched and, like, over there probably costs a couple thousand dollars. Also, um, like... in 1974, like, people just don't give a fuck. 
They didn't give a fuck about pollution either. Like all those tires burning. Burning burning tires was like his first go-to. He's like, that's it. That's the only thing we could use as fuel. They're like, Porky, we got tons of charcoal over here. It's on sale. It's like winter. We got tons of this stuff. We got these for, for days. He's like, it's got to be tires. <laughs> Porky's got one good idea. I want Alaska people to smell like it. The for real, la- the last frontier in America. It really, really yep. is. Alaska Airlines also liked it. The company included Porky's prank in an ad campaign the following year of 1975. The campaign highlighted the irreverent spirit of Alaskans by collecting together brief accounts of great brags pulled off by Alaskans. So good. Wow. So good. So, oh, there's a picture announcing some of the world's greatest brags. It's like a whole, that, it's so crazy. So, Porky. I'm a little bit of a prankster myself. So oh, yeah, give it and, to us. Uh, the I didn't most, know that. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> most elaborate April Fool's joke I ever did, um, but also probably the worst one, the one that makes me a, a terrible person, nah. is um, <laughs> I my freshman year of college mm-hmm. convinced my entire um, theater group, I guess, you know, the, the theater everybody in the theater program that I was pregnant and um, just was like laying little seeds and like it was kind of a cool social experiment because (laughs) I had just told I had just told a few people who I knew were gossipy and even though I said please don't tell anybody of course they did they so that's all I did was till I told a few people that I was pregnant that I Asked not to tell, and they told. And then I ran out of one um, theater program meeting where where everybody was there from the entire theater program. We had them like once a week. I forget what they were called. I I love the idea of this prank, Natalie, because there's no way everyone can know for sure that it's a prank. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You could just, if you were actually pregnant and then, and then like, you know, got an abortion or something and you're just mm-hmm. like no I was pranking all of you I yeah actually well pranked. that's why it's a, that's why it's a bad prank because it's like <laughs> it's just like it's just a big lie like I it's not like yeah you just lie uh, to people it, yeah it's not like hard to fathom or something like I told my theater professor after it was all said and done, like how I pranked everybody uh-huh. in the program or whatever. And he was like, that's not an April Fool's joke. And I was like, what? And he was like, an April Fool's joke is <laughs> something that you would never believe, but you get somebody to believe, you know? Oh, right. I see. Right. You that's know, like. Good, that's a good um, uh, delineation, you know, or a good definition of an, of an April Fool's joke. Yeah, but so I ran out of that one big meeting where everybody was there, like as if I was going to throw up, like on everybody's like, oh, morning sickness, whispers, you know. <laughs> and then um, with my sketch comedy group at midnight on April Fool's, um, I said, hey guys, you know, I have an announcement to make. I'm not sure if anybody knows this, but um, Charlie and I are pregnant and everyone's like, yeah, no, yeah, we, we weren't sure if we should tell you. We, we knew. Yeah. Like, thanks so much for telling (laughs) us. And I was like, yeah. And if it's a boy or if it's a girl, we're going to name her April. And everyone was like, aw. And then I was like, and if it's a boy, we're going to name him fools, April fool. 
Eagles. <laughs> and then everybody just chased me out of the building. And um, got him. Yeah. You know, I got him. Yeah. That's the best. We tried, yeah. Kurt and I tried to get, uh, we tried to paint a giant sign on a parking lot near LX to say, uh, airport on fire. <laughs> and, what? Now that's and, good. That's and then, good. So right under the flight path. So every yeah. plane just coming over every like five minutes would just see airport on fire. So then we, we reached out to this producer, uh, and he, the FAA, the FAA was like, "There's no way." And then we were like, "Well, what about airport closed? Because what if yeah. you were just flying over? You know, when you get bored and you're looking at the city and you're like, oh, there's my house. Oh, there's Randy's Donut.' Uh, we wanted it to just say airport on fire. Also, <laughs> would it be? And would somebody paint this <laughs> right. like, to us? There was no connection to take the time to paint it when it was actually burning <laughs> instead of putting out the fire. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do with all this paint? Should we throw it on the fire? No. Oh, my that. God. Nordstrom. That is, that is beautifully I, dumb. That's I so good. have had a long history of pranks. I, I don't necessarily enjoy a prank, but I was no. hired to do many pranks as a a budding actor in oh, New York City. Um, cool. One of the worst ones was, I don't want to go into like the prank itself. It was that I would that I would go out on blind dates with women and then take out a, a vitri- ventriloquist dummy that looked exactly <laughs> like me. And I would only talk to them through the ventriloquist dummy. <gasps> yes. That's and, the best. And I hated doing it. I just hated every moment of it. And But this one woman who we did it to, immediately when I pulled the dummy out, her face just went like lily white. She started like stammering. She was. She had like an inherent deep fear of like ventriloquist dummies, which makes sense. Which we didn't really, know. Yeah. Uh, they're really creepy. Yeah, um, I had a recurring dreams about it when I was a kid. Anyway, you did yeah, right? There's yeah. just like something about them which is the like uncanny valley is so weird with yeah, them. They shouldn't exist. Um, and it, it, it. In fact, I was just trying to explain. Like she didn't. Believe, she was so scared that. I was like, I'm, I'm breaking. I'm not like this girl. This woman is just terrified. And so I was trying to get her to believe me that this was a joke, that this was a prank. And I actually had, she like <laughs> ran away from me. She ran out of the, so I had like chase her. They're like, you know, the producers are in my ear yelling at me, like telling me to like go after her. You have to let her know this is a, and she's literally like, I, she's down the block and I'm yelling at her like your friends are pranking you. Anyway. It it was horrible. I felt like a monster. Like five years later, I was oh at boy. a party. It was Max Silvestri's house, actually, apartment in Oh, Green oh Green. Max, Max Silvestri. Silvestri. And I was looking for like the room where everyone was smoking weed. This was many, many years ago. This was probably 10 or 15 mm-hmm. years ago. And then I like, <laughs> opened up a door to a bedroom, and then there's a bunch of people smoking weed. And I was like, I found the room. And <laughs> just having taken a big old hit off of a pipe, turning to like see who opened the door it was that fucking woman the exact (gasps) same woman who has never seen me outside of (laughs) and all she did she just like it was exhaling smoke and started yelling oh my god it's him no and it had been like burned into her memory Oh, it's so insane that we saw each other. You again. traumatized <laughs> her. I traumatized her. I immediately like I apologized so much to her, and we actually ended up hanging out that night. And then we went on a real date. <laughs> Amazing. 
You pulled it back <laughs> no. in. Pulled it back in. She was a nurse. We went to a bar. It was there was no not no connection. I think she was still scared of me. Um, <laughs> and we never saw each other again after that one little Gosh. date. But still, I hope so she's a crazy. banana woman. I hope she doesn't even know. I hope she loves bananas and has no idea that's you and is now just running down the street from her parents' yeah. house around the holidays. Being, no. All I know is that she was a nurse and she moved to Hawaii. And I think her Sounds name cool. was Aaron. Good for so, her. You probably could have. In Hawaii, are you her? You could have pulled your dick out on that date and got a better reaction from her, probably. Oh, yeah, for sure. Instead of the puppet. For sure. sure. Scotty, give us another one. For sure. Okay, this is an interesting one. This was sent in by Amy Lenartz, uh, our Lenartz on Instagram. Thank you, Amy. Written by the great and powerful Ed Cara on gizmodo.com. Woohoo! Nobody does better than Ed at anything, ever. Man with an allergy to cold nearly dies after stepping out of a hot shower. So I didn't know this was a thing. What? So yeah, and it's 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 happening more and more. So a man's rare intolerance to the cold almost killed him post shower. In a recent case, doctors describe how he had a severe allergic reaction to the cold air he encountered after stepping out of a hot shower. Serious enough to merit a trip to the emergency uh, emergency room and stay in intensive care, according to the report published last week by the Journal of Emergency Medicine. What a fun read. Yeah. I mean, if you're not thumbing that on the <laughs> toilet, what are you doing? <laughs> what uh, are you doing? Emergency Medicine. <laughs> yeah. What are, I mean, give a, uh, give a copy to everyone you care it's about. It's a gem. Uh, you got to be it, thumbing that one for sure. It's a gem. Uh, the 34-year-old man collapsed soon after taking a hot shower due, due to a potential fatal allergic reaction known as anaphylaxis. Uh, his family eventually found him on the floor and called for paramedics. Once there, uh, they gave him oxygen and an epinephrine pen, Whoa. I believe. Uh, epinephrine to- for cold? I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, they took him to the emergency room. By the time he arrived at the hospital, he was still sweating heavily and experiencing shortness of breath, as well as highs all over his body. Highs. He was admitted to the intensive care unit to monitor, monitor him for further anaphylaxis. He, uh, his family told the paramedics, that he had a history of being allergic to the cold. I mean, sure. Uh, I mean, is that, that's true. I don't believe it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, discovered Probably mold uh, in the air or something. Maybe. Uh, this was discovered after he moved from the usually balmy weather of Micronesia to Colorado. But up until then, the most trouble he had Bad ever move. experienced was that's hives. Like having, yeah. That's like having a peanut butter allergy and moving into a planter's peanut factory. Yeah. <laughs> You're allergic to cold, (laughs) and you move to the freaking Rocky Mountains? You gotta be kidding my ass. Oh, boy. Um, It's not clear how many people are truly allergic to the cold, but it's thought to be uh, a very rare condition. As with the man's case, symptoms range from minor skin reaction to anaphylaxis. Uh, Usually, the later happens when somebody with the allergy is suddenly exposed to a major drop of temperature all at once, like swimming in a chilly body of water. I think sometimes people die during the polar bear plunge, too, and maybe it's Whoa, this or really? just a heart attack. I think that's happened a couple times. Oh, wow. Maybe a thousand times. I've heard of it once. Um, but it seems Shock. that the man's exposure to the cold air of his bathroom pole shower was enough to set off this anaphylaxis. So um, it's called, I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to go for it. It's called cold-induced uh, uticaria. Actually, that looks like what it is. Uticaria. <clears throat> 
It's primarily driven by the release of massive histamine, which tells the body to become inflamed. That means it can be kept in check with antihistamine treatments, as well as avoidance of too much cold. No shit. <laughs> Wear a sweater, man. Uh, buy a space heater. They're pretty cheap these days. Get a wetsuit. Get a wetsuit. Live <laughs> for, a little. For, yeah. For showering. <laughs> Pee in your wetsuit in the shower. Be normal. Um in this man's case, he was given antihistamines and steroids at the hospital, which helped him recover. Before being discharged, he was also given an auto-injector of epinephrine, just in case the anaphylaxis happens again. Pretty wild. That is crazy. The, I don't know. Allergic to the cold. I, uh, I really have a tough time believing that. I know. I'm like, I you got to be allergic to something else maybe that is like a i don't what about cold water therapy like people do that to heal their i guess everybody's different i guess there's eight billion of us i mean i don't know yeah there was a weird era in brooklyn when we were oh i was probably in my early 20s and kurt was in his late 20s 30s and we would all do birthday parties at all the russian bathhouses do you ever do that natalie you like a good a good sauna, a good a hundred percent. I like a good uh, ice Sweat plunge lodge. sauna, mm. Korean spa. Yes, girl, a hundred percent. We love them. And when we were all broke and aspiring young people, uh, one thing we would do. I remember Kristen did one. Uh, my old roommate Chris, who's one of Kurt's best friends, did one. But we used to go to the either the East Village Russian bathhouse or this one deep Brooklyn, where kind of where I lived. And, you know, you get five, ten people, and you just sit in 180-degree rooms as long as you can, and then take... It's so fun, and as best. all of us... It's, it's the best. Thing ever. I love as doing young that. comedians, and as a young writer, like, getting to hang out with people out besides, like, drinks after shows or whatever, it felt like we're going to be in this shit for, like, six hours, so we're going to buddy up and, and experience some things. Experience some cleansing together. Yeah. It feels and good. Detoxification. Banya, too, you would like do it yes. in the big room and then go walk three flights up to the roof. And it was mm. February, so it was like 20 degrees out. And, yes. awesome. and then just to be outside and like 20 on a rooftop in Brooklyn. I love nice. that. There was uh, one night where it was Kristen, Kurt, and I, and we did that, and we hurried up. We we like literally ran two flights up, and then we we're steaming like you like unbelievable amount of steam, like fresh out of the Instapot. And then damn. we and it started snowing, and we sat on lounge chairs <gasps> in the snow on the roof for prop. I don't want to overestimate this. I would say we were like warm for thirty minutes. Yeah, we we were wow. awesome. That uh, makes me miss Wee Spa out here. I know. Me too. That's a good time. Um, but this one time for Chris's birthday, we went to this one, and it's all Russian. Um, I mean, it's very rare that just like dumb uh, white American kids just stumble in there to have fun, and we did. And then we would always <laughs> eat afterwards. And you know, it's very it's like pickled, and it's like fishes, and uh, it's very salty, briny food they bring. I love that shit. Mm. So there's four of us. There's Kurt, myself, and then his two best friends, Chris and Damien. And we order a 1.75 liter bottle of vodka, just straight. And Girl. this old, the old Russian waitress was uh, laughed at us. Sixty, Kurt, yeah. like I mean, older, and she puts down her pen and just laughs in our faces for ordering this vodka. And she's like, "For you four," and we're like, "Yes." And she's like, "You want?" Elite 1.75 liters of vodka for you four. And we're like, yes. And she just brought us ice and all the food. So we drained <laughs> this thing like in 45 minutes. I mean, we drank this and we were, you we had guys, been for seven hours. You're maniacs. 
So she comes back around again, sees the empty bottle, and Kurt's instantly like, we'll have another one of those. And she looks at him like it was like, we're coming for your family. And she goes, what? And then she brings us another one. And we drain that. I mean, we're just eating. We're having so much fun. After the sauna? Kurt, do you remember this? I mean, it was, and we're the only people in the restaurant at that point. I remember getting back to Chris's house and being so drunk. Yes. I think I broke a skateboard. I (laughs) know. A painting. You and Chris were taking turns, and I was getting so mad at you guys for for punching paintings. (laughs) Oh, man. So we drain the second bottle, and we're done with the food, and we're going to walk back home. We're still warm from sweating, and now we're warm from drinking three and a half liters of vodka. And the woman, when we're paying, we, you know, we're leaving, and she goes, I am so sorry. I've never seen Americans drink like that. You guys drink like bears. This is like four bears leaving. And we're all like so <laughs> hammered that we're like, no, 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 see you next time. Dumble steaming out into the streets. Uh, I feel like we did more for diplomacy between Russia and the U.S. than anybody else in the last 25 years. You healed something there. We did. We healed a wound. <laughs> Vodka healed a wound. That, you guys each had like 0.75 liters of vodka. In like two hours. Is yeah, that I correct? Yeah. <gasps> we, we were After probably being dehydrated. Like it was just a, lo- it was a long period of time, you know? Yeah. Okay. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an enormous amount. There's no reason anyone should be punching art. Um, nope. And that's but definitely what we did. When we that did. makes more art. Now it's a it's a different art. kind of piece because it had that. We you had became the art. artist in it a way. A you made something new. Yeah. Um, I have. We are running out of time. We have to let sure. Natalie go. Yeah. No. I do, can I tell you one last thing? Please Natalie? do. Please do. One last thing. So the title. This is sent in by Allison Wrights uh, mm-hmm. on Instagram. Allie Wrights. Allie underscore Love Wrights. It. Um, I think other people have sent this in in the past, but it was a long time ago, and I apologize if I'm not calling you out. This is from the CBC. Uh, uh, written by Anjuli Patil. Thank you, Anjuli. So good. So good at what they do. How Seagulls, comma, pepperoni got Dartmouth Man <laughs> banned from Posh BC Hotel. Uh, oh. This is an amazing story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, but I'll get to the, the point. So this guy, 17 years ago, he had, it, this is the quote. I don't understand what this means. Canadian thing. It was a long flight that that time of the year where everyone travels. So the bag got lost. Um, okay. And his bag was stuffed full okay. of brother's pepperoni, a widely requested Halifax delicacy. Okay. And he's bringing it to some of his Navy friends in the BC capital, British Okay, Canada. that's very nice. Very nice. Okay. So when the pepperoni finally arrived at the hotel, Birchall said he worried it would get warm because there was no fridge, so he laid the food <laughs> out on a table near the window <laughs> ledge. Now, first off, this is a full suitcase of something called brother's TNT pepperoni, so it's super <laughs> spicy pepperoni. Okay? Boom, shakalaka. Yeah. It is sealed. It is packed, sealed in a plastic container. 
I can picture it now. Um, My eyes and are that's closed. when I'm things kind it. of went bad, said Birchall. Birchall left the room for a few hours to take a walk. <laughs> he returned to a room full of seagulls. Quote, I don't mean just a couple of seagulls. I can only estimate how many there were, he said. I'm thinking somewhere between 30 and 40 seagulls. <laughs> a lot of seagulls. Through this open window a lot of seagulls. while I was gone. Uh, they the could seagulls, smell it. Yeah, the through, seagulls through were the plastic. Startled. When Birchall opened the door, he said, many tried to leave through the small opening all at once. The seagulls were flying everywhere, and they had been there for a long time eating Brothers TNT pepperoni. (laughs) So you can imagine what the room looked like even before I came back. And now we've got seagulls flying around. The curtains are falling down. The lamps are falling down. It was a real mess. Amazing. Uh, complicating matters is that he just started a new job, so he has to get downstairs and go to a client <laughs> business dinner. So he needs to get uh, that immediately. And okay. Go to well, yeah. One was just bouncing around on the windowsill, and I was kind of losing my temper at this point. So I took off one of my shoes, and I threw it in the direction of the seagull, and both the seagull and the shoe went out the window, he said. Oh. And then... Quote, the last seagull, it was running around the room, and this is a fairly large room, nice room, or it was, and I was chasing the seagull around. It had a big piece of pepperoni in its mouth, and I could not get it to leave. (laughs) Birchall said he ended up grabbing a towel from the washroom, and he jumped the seagull, wrapped it in a towel, and threw it out the window. (laughs) He said the seagull was shaken but wasn't hurt. Um, while everything was happening in his room, Birchall said there was a line of tourists out in front of the hotel and they witnessed both his shoe <laughs> and the seagull wrapped in a towel falling from his room. Oh, that's even better. And then he had to go downstairs to get his shoe and towel and he went back up Ugh. to the room where the smell of the birds and the pepperoni was becoming more apparent. Oh. And he had to get to the dinner with customers, so he started to clean his shoe, which had fallen into some mud. As he was drying the shoe with a hairdryer, <laughs> the power went out in his room. <laughs> <laughs> Birchall said he realized wow. I was in way over my head with this mess and called the front desk for wow. help. He was banned for 17 yes. years from the hotel. And the picture yes. of the hotel, I'll post. Oh, it that's is, not fair. It looks like... Not his it, fault. It, it, not it, his fault. To a person who doesn't know what Buckingham Palace looks like, it looks like Buckingham Palace. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> I mean, okay. It looks okay. like something along the Thames. It's like very old and very, very posh, stately. You know? Damn. Um, God. But yeah. What a That's beautiful one of my favorite story. stories of all time. Ugh. Isn't it? There's God, so many good amazing. details. Wow. That's, I mean, Ugh. that's going to go down in history, that, that one. Really that's, but they've yes. forgiven him. So he's now been forgiven and he can stay at that hotel again. All right. Happy ending. I love it. Happy, happy ending. Day. It's a great ending. Yeah, I wouldn't go back there if I were him. I'd be like, oh, you suck my dick, dude. He felt bad about being banned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. But he also, gotcha. his, his business was paying for the room, so they had to give him another Amazing. room. Amazing. Uh, while they oh, wow. That story. I love that So, story. Nat, thank you so much for being on. Is there anything you want to plug, anything you want to talk about? Obviously, everyone's got to go watch Nate on Netflix. Nate. What else? Yeah, please watch Nate on Netflix. Um, I have uh, a podcast, I guess, called Hidden Mickeys. People can tune into if they Ooh. want uh, to listen to about the dark underbelly fringe world of Disney. Cool. Yes. Interesting. I yes, like with that. my friend Carrie Poppy. Oh, that's a great, great idea. Hidden Mickeys. 
Yes, Hidden Mickey. So check it out. Thank you. And thanks so much for having me, guys. This has been a blast. You're so welcome. Watch Nate. Thank you. Watch it. Banana. Subscribe. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.